Hello guys and welcome to the Healthy Six podcast with Travis and Kyle. We are on episode 14 today, so we're coming up to that evergreen number 20. Um, and we are going to be talking all about hormones. We're going to get explosive. We have plans on fireworks night and we're going to link it and tell you how it all relates to your health. So guys, strap in. It's not going to be a long one, but it's going to be an important one. And it's going to be particularly important to everyone listening, male, female, fat and thin. This affects all of us and not enough, not enough of us know about it, particularly myself back in the day. So strap in. Don't worry about all the complicated words. We're going to make it very simple for you. And we're going to talk about um, how we can sort of affect the hormones and how the hormones in turn will affect us. So uh, without further ado, Kyle, how are we doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. How are you getting on? Yeah, good, mate. I've just about recovered from the weekend. Uh, so we're still in the game. We're hanging in. We might have a little stress fracture on the foot, but you know, <laughs> that's what happens when you do stupid events, isn't it? So, to be fair to you, like we were just saying then, you were running at a fair pace. So I'll give you that one. That's good. Yeah. Well, and now, now this is it. Now I've sat down for this podcast, mate. I'll be here the whole time. My, my evening clients will wonder where I am. How's the knee, actually? Better than ever. See, all the blood flow for an hour and a half. Better than ever. I don't understand. All that impact, but better than ever. Like I literally, I finished and I was expecting for it to seize up. And then Monday, I was expecting it to be really bad. Uh, but yeah, no, it's all good, which is interesting. We'll see how that... Yeah, that, that is an interesting point. That is, I would expect it to be a lot worse. Yeah. So sometimes when we're moaning about things and we're worried about things, there is an element of sort of get on with it. Just go do a half marathon. Just, just get just one half, you can't run a half marathon. Why are you even listening? No, but sometimes we overthink these things, don't we? We have these little pains, or like I had a client that I was training this morning that's had a, a massage yesterday and he's feeling these things. I'm like, Yeah, you've got tension, you've got tenacity, you've got a little bit of uh, bruising, maybe, but you're kind of a little bit, you're not dying. So, yeah, do something. Um, so we trained and he had a good session. So, but I think. It, I mean, that was not planned as part of this conversation at all, but it's true. It's like, sometimes we have these things. I spent the whole two weeks leading up to the half marathon anxious about it. I didn't want to do it. I was debated pulling out. Um, yeah, just really paranoid about the whole situation. And then for me, really, just to get on completely fine. Especially um, with your dieting at the minute. You're still in a dieting phase, though. Yeah, yeah, still dieting. So, like, fair, fair play, like, dieting running a half marathon in a really good time is is commendable I, th- I think so what I did obviously having that education I didn't diet uh Leading up to it. what's the word I, I had a week where I was a lot more I don't want to say relaxed um but there was a few more calories going in and particularly the night before and stuff like that so that helped I was sensible um because obviously we don't encourage people to do massive endurance events under fueled um because there was many people's laid up on the side of the road as I was walking home so uh we tried to avoid that um but obviously and it does relate into in terms of foods and and hormones and, and stuff like that like how do we how do we make sure that we are doing those things properly um and, and fueling ourselves and fueling our bodies to be able to do these things. Um, one of the girls is is dieting for a photo shoot in my client base. So she, we're literally one month away from my shoot um, and she run it as well and, and running a really good time and a personal best. Um, and we had to manage the mindset because we were like, you know, you're dieting for a photo shoot, but actually you also need to understand that you need to fuel. So just battling those things, even that can be quite difficult in the mindsets and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So that can be can be a challenge um but obviously 
dieting, um, endurance events and, and all those things will obviously affect the hormones, particularly when you're having less dietary fats as well. Yeah, um, especially like, it's all going to link into this in a minute when we talk about it. But like you said there, it's one of the big things is you had the education and you had the strategy to help you through the event while yeah. getting the result of, of doing your photo shoot in a few weeks time. So and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Don't just take the education, make sure you're actioning it and implementing it as well. Yeah, and, and I think strategies are really is, is a good place to start on any conversation. For strategy, you could come up with your own strategy every day of the week. But sometimes there's a trust element in what we do ourselves. Um, and it's why coaches should have coaches um, in whatever sense, whether it's using someone as an accountability person, whether it's whatever it is, but just having that trust um, in someone else who's written your strategy can be really helpful. I know my client, like I say, that run it and he's dieting for a photo shoot. If she'd have come up with her own strategy, she would have second guessed it and something would have probably gone wrong, whether she ate too much to load for the run, which would have had a negative impact on her photo shoot prep or the other way around where she didn't eat enough because she didn't want to impact her photo shoot prep. So the run would have gone wrong. So it's just about having a little bit of trust in whoever is setting that strategy as well, because it's hard like to understand it, to but to implement it as well. And it's the same in business and it's the same at work. You have managers, you have coaches it's important. It's important for development and, and just having that little bit of trust. So that's the main thing is all these things that we talk about, particularly on our podcast is you're listening. And I know you're listening because we see the stats and that's fantastic. And we love it. And we want people here listening. Um, but are you actioning? And if you aren't actioning, why are you not actioning? Is it because you don't know how to? Is it because there's a lack of education, a lack of, trust, a lack of accountability? none of these are bad things none of them are being judgy they're just a real thing like it is difficult to to implement um from learning and we see it all the time and i don't know about you we've i've just recently implemented a slight change in how i conduct the first part of any client sign up because everyone sort of wants to run before they walk so how do we how do we make sure we're doing the right things from the first part and build momentum and that's yep. the key that's the key so Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to get all this learning, but implement it because that's where overwhelm comes in. So, funny, so funny you said that. I had a, a consultation the other day, and the person was like, "Do you sell meal plans? Do you do meal plans?" And that was the first thing. It was straight away like, "I need a meal plan." I was like, "Um, okay, do you?" Um, and we sort of unpacked it, and I spent a good half an hour debating whether they actually needed a meal plan or they actually needed the education to then action their own meal plan and build their own dietary behaviors to build a better future for themselves because i said to them a meal plan's good when you follow it but what how, what do you do when you're not following it what's your strategy or your backup then um so yeah you, you you're 100 right on that uh, that front did you so did they get a meal plan uh no so I, funny enough you said about changing the way you do startups i've changed over the last four months the way i do my initial setup for a client for the first week um, so it's more about collecting data first um, and then building the strategy around where they're at. Because like we both come from the um, the mentorships we've done and the education we've done, a lot of it is bridging the gap where people want to get to, but also making sure that it's managing their expectations and progressive in manner, not going right, you're, you're a gen pop sort of client and then you're going to become a bodybuilder overnight. It's not, it's, it's bridging that gap in between. Um, and also making sure it suits their lifestyle so they can do it consistently so yeah it's interesting when you said about um because we hadn't spoken about this before but changing the way you do the startup of consultations it's i've gone through a similar approach at the moment 
and it's working really well. Yeah, I think it's important um, to acknowledge that as well. And it is how you do it and the manageable. But like you say, oh, Bulbit gang, by the way. I know, I didn't notice that before we come on. Matching water bottles, big up the healthy six. <laughs> notice we said water bottles, guys, drink the water. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's important, isn't it? And, and whether it's, about, you know, sometimes we're looking for the main thing people sign up for and the main people, people li- like the main reason people listen to this is because they want to feel better. Like, no, and it's something like I had a conversation and I had a conversation with a client yesterday and we we're talking about reading. She hates reading, like she doesn't like it, which is fair game. She doesn't want to get a book. And she was kind of laughing um, because someone had told her this story of how excited they were to go and buy these books, right? Which is, is fair game, good for them. And, um, you know, this woman's very intelligent. And she was like, oh, you know, I don't need to read. I'm like, what do you mean you don't need to read? Everyone should read. She's like, I don't need to read a book. I'm like, okay, fair. You don't need to read a book, but you should educate because, yes, you're very intelligent, but that doesn't mean you're finished. And that's why people listen to this is there's an education element, but also people are trying to feel good. So a diet plan isn't essential to making you feel good. And that's really important that we acknowledge as coaches, but it's also important that we deliver on, um, on the education standpoint as well. And, and that's kind of what we wanted to do today because we've spoken about all these things that everyone already probably knows about, but there's something that underpins the whole system um, in terms of who we are as people um, and that is basically our hormonal system. Like our hormonal system will control absolutely everything about us. And we can do certain things to affect it. Um, and it will affect us in certain ways, but we can give you the training program. Um, we can give you a nutrition plan and we can give you uh, A, B, C, D. We can give you all these things, but actually what's going on inside that we can't see is a really important conversation to be having, isn't it? Yeah um so yeah that leads us perfectly on to the endocrine system so the body's basically the body's control mechanism for all of your hormones basically that's that's essentially what the endocrine system is um and i was going over a few notes over the last couple of days from university right okay my disc supervisor was he's a, 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 a really big researcher in the endocrine system and i didn't actually understand any of this sort of stuff it's taken me a good six years to understand it properly i'd look at all the words and be like pituitary gland pituitary this and i was just like what's going on and it was only the last few weeks i was looking over my notes what i made at uni i was like actually now i understand it and it's been it's just taking that that education and the application of it and looking over it consistently and going actually that's wrong this might be this this might be that and over time i've built that knowledge base that that now i can talk about it freely like this um so yeah that was just a bit of self vulnerability and self-development that I thought about the other day I was like actually I've I've come a long way in my knowledge base because you were talking about reading then when I was younger I I'd always I'd always class myself as not being very intelligent and I, I did I shied away from reading because I wasn't very good at it um, and it wasn't and that hindered me quite a lot so all through uni I'd be talking about this and it was like I'm associating myself with someone that can't read or doesn't read not actually putting myself into that growth side of it where I'm going actually I'm going to try and be a reader and, and find something that I like and um, avoid being vulnerable yeah and I was just shying away from it and um and then slowly in my third year and into my master's I, I got more interested in reading because I saw the benefit of it um, and I think that's one thing there when you start seeing the benefit of something and you grow you start doing it more and more and more and that's obviously what people do with fitness I don't I don't know anyone that's joined 
some sort of fitness program done well and actually gone, I'm not going to do that for the rest of my life. They try and maintain it as much as they can. Yeah. yeah Sorry yeah. about the digress there. I just, I was just thinking about that, about, about what you said. It, it brought back some, some memories of myself when I used to say, I, I don't like reading. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Isn't it? and, and I think that's, I'm probably less there, to be honest. We always talk about this and, and the people that come to the seminar and stuff and, and people that listen to this podcast all the time, that Kyle is the brains of this operation in terms of the science stuff. Um, and maybe my, I'm a little bit more uh, practical in some of the things I say. But even for me, like I listen, you know, to, to do this podcast today, I've done my research. I've not, this is not just stuck in my head. Like there's, and this is why we don't expect you to drop words like the endocrine system or like you say, to understand what the pituitary gland is or the hypothalamus or any of those things. Like that's not what it's about, but it's just about understanding these things are happening inside you and there's, there's not a lot you can do about it. So kind of suck it up a little bit like this this is part and parcel of, of who we are and what we do um and and how we how we suffer and how we deal with things so for us it's all about understanding you know what what does control how we feel what things are there and how do we control them um so i think we we basically wrote down rather than going into too much detail that completely blows away your mind here obviously like we said uh, like kyle said the endocrine system is what controls your hormones and it's slightly different for men um to women but the main difference is down to those uh, the sexual system so obviously for ladies um ovary and placenta will come into play whereas for a man it will be more about testicle that comes into play we're probably not going to talk about that too much we don't really need to relate it however we will be talking about things such as like testosterone um and kind of how we know certain things happen to certain people and why people build in a certain way so we will try not to get too, too complicated because if we do, I'll get lost, let alone anyone listening that's not been educated in it. So I'm, I'm, it's talking about that. It's actually interesting. I'm not actually that so sciencey. I'm not very, I'm not, not very good, but it took me four hard years of university to learn it in a way. And even then, like, I, I read up science papers, I'm like blowing my mind. But mm-hmm. I just, I found a real fascination for the body. Like I find it so fascinating because it's so complex you start digging down one rabbit hole and it goes so far so the way i like to think about the endocrine system and this is an easy way to look at it the endocrine system is the ceo right so that is the person in control of the business then you've got your subcategories you've got your finance director so that might be your pancreas then you've got your don't know operations manager that might be your adrenal glands and then you've got the workers underneath them, which are then going into the hormones. That's the way to think about the, the endocrine system. It's the overview of the business. And then we've got the individual ones, which then we'll talk about the individual hormones uh, in a bit. So, and they impact everything we do. That, that's that's the, the thing to understand is all these things, they impact how you feel, how, what your body's doing internally, um, and can result in, in various bits and bobs. So I'll let you start, Travis, because you're good at opening these sort of topics. So well on the spot so i think what we was talking about really is is just getting into each of the individual ones that uh in terms of the hormones that do actually affect us and i think a good one to always start on there's two that always two or three four maybe five that come up very very regularly that you will have heard of and it's just a good opportunity to really ease and start in with that and and the first one is ghrelin um which i've heard as someone called a describe as a naughty gremlin because it, it's that hormone that basically is going to tell us that we're hunger, hungry. So it stimulates hunger and it produces ca- or can produce fat storage. So it will stimulate fat storage. 
um, and it's produced by our stomach cells. So ghrelin is something that is going to be like just telling us or that naughty gremlin that is telling us that we want food, it, like that we're hungry. So when you're feeling hungry, ghrelin is at play. So whether that's, of, and we're obviously talking about real hunger, not, not mental hunger or boredom hunger, but ghrelin is at play when we have that and we can, and we can have many effects on that. So how we impact it in terms of sleep and stuff like that, which we obviously spoke about last week, um, we'll have just a real, a real control on how you are going to manage your nutrition. So it's something that, yes, we can give you the meal plan and we can give you the, or the nutrition planning and programming and the training and the exercise and the steps and all of that stuff. But actually, if your stomach is producing ghrelin and it's helping you or increasing your appetite, then, you know, that's going to make the background harder. And I think that's the point, isn't it? Is, is these things are what's happening in the background. Um, and what's your response to it? Yeah, just how we manage that in terms of like the sleep. And, and that's kind of the big thing. So ghrelin is controlled by food intake. Um, so the levels of ghrelin in the, blood, in the blood rise just before eating and when fasting. So that's what's telling us we're hungry. Um, and with the timing of those will then be affected by our normal meal routine. So another way that we can do it, and I don't know if you do this, and I, I definitely do with some of my clients that have the ability to, I instruct meal windows, not fasting, but meal windows, like you're either going to eat every four hours from yeah. when you're awake to asleep, which will be four meals, because most people are up for 16 hours-ish, hopefully. Um, or you're going to eat at 9am till 10am for breakfast, and it'll be 1am till 2pm for lunch, and it'll be four till five for a snack and seven till eight. Like just creating those meal windows so our body knows when to produce ghrelin, which is what can potentially give us what we call hunger pangs. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good way to do it for most people because, like, if you if you talk about fasting, not I'm not going to pass comment on it, but a lot of people fast and then in the evening they end up going way overboard because they're absolutely starving, and because there's no structure from that. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like we can, we we can search this, like we can deal with this, we can we can get better at it because our body will get used to the meal windows that we have. But it's but you, you're giving yourself a hard task. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> and I think that's and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about because I think sometimes you know you you listen to the main influencers on Instagram. You got Neat Up Twenty Four Seven, which is a great idea and initiative to get people moving. Um, you know, calorie F in deficit, so control your calories. You know, if you don't want breakfast, don't eat breakfast. And and it's all good because this is all this content is produced in order to think. And and I'll quote him himself. When, and you'll know who I'm talking about when he says about when, when, when I say hooves think horses, not zebras, meaning this appeals to the mass. But I have a different mindset on that and think actually people are individual and how they deal with things are very different. So some of the advice is very simple. So if you've followed any of the academies or Project X or whatever it is, then and you've had success, then great. But for the, there were so many of you here that have listened and done those things that haven't been successful. And actually, they've, they maybe don't get sciency which is fine but maybe they're not they're not educating you about what you need to educate if you skip breakfast and you're starving all day then eat breakfast yeah and change the strategy <laughs> like and that's kind of why we're a little bit different isn't it and that's why we try to give people run of the mill in terms of how they run their life but we try to educate them based on the results that they get and the actions and the things that they feel yeah i think we're both advocates for this like we've seen it we've seen the highs and lows of the fitness industry like there's no everyone's life is identically the same and I can give them the same thing there's always different advice we've got to give people and that's why 
when, when we talk about all this stuff, especially on the podcast, you'll hear us talk. We try and discuss both sides of it and show you that system options out there and stuff like that. But we're trying to give you those both sides of the story so you can make an informed choice for you that works for you going forward. So if you listen to any of these and you think, well, actually, that's really relevant to my life, go and research it or reach out to us individually and we'll talk about it a bit more to you. Um, so like Travis was saying about ghrelin, like ghrelin something that a lot of people don't really deal with very well, um, especially when we start looking at obesity rates and stuff like that, because there's a big link in with ghrelin and people's sensitivity to it, um, to its effect. And then we get into leptin, which is the fullness hormone. Um, and there's a lot of research now looking into what's called leptin resistance. So We'll talk about insulin a bit later, but people's ability to decrease their appetite, suppress their appetite, basically, and, and stop their body from eating. Um, but in the world of hedonic hunger, so for, for ghrelin, you've got it's inc- increasing your appetite, making you feel hungry. We've then got what's called hedonic hunger. So that's more psychological. So that's boredom eating. That's you being stressed at work and wanting to go and grab some carbohydrates. So it's then understanding, is it actually ghrelin or is it actually that? you're more stressed than you normally are or something's gone on in your day and you're craving that thing because you might be bored or whatever it may be. So we're now getting you to ask questions of yourself as well, which is where the awareness comes in. Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously leptin, like you said, is I like to think of these as a spectrum. Um, And this is for a base level understanding of how your body's reacting. So it is a little bit of a spectrum. So if you're getting lots of ghrelin going on, meaning you're hungry, you're probably going to have less leptin. Um, and now leptin is a hormone. It comes from the fat cells. It, it help, it's here to help regulate body weight. Um, it's often referred to as a fat controller, but leptin is effectively what tells us we're full. So when we're thinking about it on a really low level, if you've got loads and loads of ghrelin going on at the moment, you've probably got less leptin and vice versa. So if you're full, leptin is at control. And if you're very hungry, you've got ghrelin in control. Now, if you have too much, leptin then what that can mean is basically some people's brain is not responding to it so you're like not very sensitive to it which means you don't get hungry uh, sorry you don't get full i'll be honest i don't get full when i eat i stop because i know i should i very rarely get full of food unless i've eaten like an absolute pig um and i think that's that's so it's it's really common you don't have to look a certain way to go through this but listening to this now if i was on a live chat or a zoom or something i would get people to raise their hands if you're listening to this now and you think, yeah, I don't really get full when I eat, there's potentially that we're not very sensitive to leptin. We, we're quite resistant to it. Um, and that means that unlike your friends who go out and eat pizza with you and you eat the full pizza and chips and they eat three slices and they never seem to gain any weight, their hormones are doing a little bit more of a good job for them than they are for you in that fullness. So that's when you have to put in control measures, portion sizes, calorie counting, macro counting, to make sure that you are doing the work that maybe your hormone isn't or to try and get your position body into a position where that that hormone will start to work. Um, but I can eat all the time. Like I'm very rarely feeling particularly full to the brim. And even I post about, I posted a precision nutrition graphic the other day about like the percentages and stuff, but I could sit and scan a solid amount of McDonald's or a big roast dinner or loads of protein, which, and I wouldn't sit after the end of my meal unless I'd had a really sizable portion and, and feel particularly full. So understanding that <laughs> I say it all the time, like life, life is a bitch and it isn't fair and you have to adapt to the circumstances that you're in. Yeah. 
And that's what the strategies that, that are put in place. Like a lot of people, that's a common thing we get, isn't it? Oh, my friend can do this, but they don't lose weight or gain weight. Like we always try and flip, especially human psychology, we always try and flip it to make us feel a bit better or like, why can they do it and I can't? It's like sometimes that's just life, right? Mm. Just deal with your information and, and how are you going to move forward from that? Because you're not that person. And I think so these conversations can really help and they can really hinder for some people. You are different to your friends. And we and I use this example all the time. And, it, and every PT will have had this conversation. If they haven't, then that's a concern. But particularly of people in relationships when you're training a woman. Um, and we spoke about this on our seminar. Oh, and we yeah. yeah. And if you're eating the same as your partner, or your husband, say, particularly important female relationship to male, and you're eating the same as them, and they might be losing weight, but you might be gaining weight. There is a reason for that. It's not because the big man upstairs hates you as such. You are built differently and we're all built differently and we need to understand that. And, and that will have an impact on what you can do and the hormones that you have. So it's probably a good time to go back to the start of this and start listening properly to the hormones that we're talking about and the things that you can pay attention to to support that. Like you say, strategy will always will always outweigh. Um, and we spoke about... Uh, PCOS, which we can probably touch on very loosely at the end of this, as not doctors, because PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, has a knock-on effect to a number of things, um, particularly the hormones, which makes fat loss harder. But I've got a client that signed up, um, just lost a kilo a week. And with PCOS, that's very, very difficult um, because of all the little things that happen. It can control our BMR which is obviously the calorie burner arrest so we will probably touch on that a little bit towards the end um but yeah just an important thing to just remember at this point we are different life is unfair and some people do get a better hand whether it's being born into a rich family being david beckham i don't know i don't care whoever we look up to and you think well oh just if i was born to a rich rich family or something like that like it's the same thing like you weren't so get on with it yeah and i I think also um you learn like we're in a world of information now like so much information if you ever get diagnosed with a health issue or health implication um like pcos like we're talking about just then obviously we're not doctors like we said um we're touching on this it's not uh be careful of what information you listen to with it because uh, like talking of thyroid for, uh, for instance i've had a few clients in the past where They've been diagnosed with thyroid uh, implications, thyroid imbalances, and they've been told they're going to gain weight. They're going to gain loads of weight. And it's not a, a number one to stop you there. You're not going to naturally gain loads of weight because of the issues with thyroid. It's the implications it has in terms of making you more lethargic, potentially making you more hungry. So you increase your calorie intake. So there are strategies then we can put in place to monitor this. Um, so if anyone ever tells you you can't ever lose weight because of this go and do your own research because I'm sure you'll be able to find someone that actually has had that issue and move forward so my client so we'll stick on thyroid my client that is doing the photo shoot that run the half marathon has Hashimoto's disease yeah. um, which is an autoimmune disease that causes inflammation of the thyroid gland and results in a reduction of thyroid hormone levels yeah is that is it similar to goiter is it goiter disease I don't know what you're talking about yeah, there's four types of thyroid issues. But yeah, similar to that, basically. 
good. Kyle's coming in with us, yeah. Um, no, no. So she's got Hashimoto's and she she's happy to talk about this and hopefully when she, and she's training to be a PT. So anyone listening to this will now start to know who she is and she'll be okay with that um, because she's the perfect example of someone putting the work in and going through the struggles that people should go through before they start teaching, um, in my opinion. So she, she has Hashimoto's and it basically... Um, will be medicated in order to try and provide the thyroid. But, you know, she was basically told it was going to be harder to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera. Well, she's at the lowest body fat she's ever been. She's built a stacked load of muscle. She runs half marathons for fun. Um, and she's about to, you know, be very, very light. She's lost over 11 kilos. Um, and that's including building muscle. So she's lost an awful lot of fat. So it's the same thing. She could have sat there and said, you know, like, yeah. she could have said, oh, you know, well... I've got thyroid issue or I've got this or I've got that, but it's about having that go-to. But in terms of the thyroid, there's probably slightly less that we can do here naturally. So with leptin and ghrelin, we can control particularly by sleep. So ghrelin, we can control, obviously when we sleep well, we'll go back to producing normal levels of ghrelin and leptin rather than out of sync. If we've got sleep deprivation, we can have meal timings. Um, with terms of getting full, we can use little life hacks like water, but the thyroid gland is probably one that we can't do as many natural things with so go to the doctors yeah don't worry about being medicated it doesn't make you weak or whatever go and find out go and speak to them but then realize that if you go to the doctors and you get medicated it's not a miracle cure if you want to lose fat say you can still do it you just got to put in work and you might have to work a bit harder so i've got you know it's that's that is like i wish i was six foot four with really short arms so that I had massive biceps because my muscles had to fit into small, but I'm not. I'm five foot nine and I'm built like a runner. It's a joke. Like I have to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? Like we are, it's that swimmer's body illusion, isn't it? We do our sport because of the body we've got. You know, you, I talk to a client all the time about, uh, in terms of her shape, she's very, very pear shaped. She's got very wide hips, quite a narrow waist. Um, and she's always like, I just wish I could lose it on my waist and my hips. I'm like, we can't. Why not? I'm like, because unfortunately, you were born to be a mum. You you've got childbearing hips. You, you know, um, particularly for women, you were born. And we now know in society that women certainly are not born just to have kids. But in terms of the way that they're built, actually they are. So sometimes when we're jealous of these people or when people are a bit jealous of like maybe um, very slim women with small hips and, and all of that, actually, if they, they do go on to have kids they might be very quickly jealous of you because they do serve a function. Yeah. And that's, that's the body's doing its job. It's that's what it's built for. Um, and like you say, it's an interesting one from a, um, a psychology point of view is how we try and deflect attention. So like when people say, oh, I can't lose weight because of X, it's them really giving themselves a, a reason for them not being there. So it's them telling themselves that, ah, oh, it's okay that I'm not there because of this, rather than actually taking responsibility and going, I'm not actually going to let that hinder me. I'm going to do everything I can to get out of it. And like I said, if you have any medical issue or anything like that, Google it and find a success story because that should be your inspiration to get moving and, and get get your, your health in order. Um, so thyroid is a very common one at the moment. Um, obviously, you've got underproduction of the the thyroid hormone and you've got overproduction um so there are two things obviously it can cause um, other issues in terms of lethargic and stuff like that um how the body deals with energy um 
Um, but yeah, like Travis was saying, you'll be on medication, but you can still deal with those those lifestyle um, uh, behaviors that we we're talking about in the healthy six: sleep, food, nutrition, mindset, training, and daily movement. So you can things and well, um, it just means you might need that little extra personal touch for you going forward. Yeah. That, yeah i think that's really important is and i i know I, I, some people hate me saying it but you know it it's not meant to be fair um and the more the more we sit there thinking it should be the more we are not doing what we need to be doing and i think that's another thing um teach you a, a lot about life and character resilience building i think um like the people that never give up uh, like it's it's one of those things isn't it you you have to go through some sort of trial and error learning at some point in your life. You, you fail things. Unfortunately, that is life. No one's going to win everything. Um, and obviously, social media has made that a bit harder for us psychologically because we're always comparing. We always see highlights, don't we? That's the thing. Yeah. Highlights. Uh, and, my, and I was naive to it when I was, well, throughout training, really, and probably up to before COVID. I would try and build some muscle tissue, go through a build phase, see my mates looking leaner and go, actually, I'm going to diet. And then go for a four-week diet phase, build again for four weeks, and then go through that constant cycle. It's only the last two years I've actually gone. I'm just going to focus on me. Mm. Really focus on me. Like now, I I don't really. I talk to the camera a lot more on social media. I would never have done that before COVID um, because I had to really. Uh, obviously, with the online stuff, um, and I used to get worried about what people thought. Um, whereas now, I, I don't really really care if people follow me they, they obviously like my message if they don't then they unfollow me it's it's as simple as that you can avoid me if you want yeah and i i'm for it i'm for it like and like travis unfollows me uh, mate i unfollow loads of people i didn't fall out with one of my mates because i unfollowed him on instagram because he used to wind me up and i realized although that was a really bad it was unnecessary um what he did is he, if he listens to this, he'll know what I'm talking about. He'd post a picture and if he didn't get enough likes, he'd take it down. And I, just, I can't be dealing. I just can't be dealing with that. So I just, I just, I just unfollowed him. And people that don't post, just go away. You know, yeah. get, get out of there. Um, I mean, that's a massive digression here, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, so we're just talking about like, it's still true, like these things that come up. But one, one hormone that we'll all go through all the time, and again, we spoke about it last time, uh, last week with sleep, is cortisol. Um, now cortisol is what is called a steroid hormone and it, it does, it regulates the load, doesn't it? So it's like, it will regulate fight or flight. Um, so when you, you know, I don't know if you're walking down the street and there's someone walking behind you, how you react is affected by cortisol, um, getting out of bed, cortisol, how we, how our body controls water in, uh, retention can be affected by cortisol, um, stress and stuff like that. So if you get too much cortisol, and I talk about this hormone an awful lot, I don't know about you, Carl, but I drop this one quite a lot where people get it because it's, it can be caused um, by an increase of stress. So um, that's that's one of the things that we can overproduce cortisol when we have lots of stress. Now that could be from like a really intense workout, like oh, running a half marathon, say, or doing like a, a triathlon or your boss being a prick one of the two, like one of the three, it could be anything. Um, but actually it can, it can cause a change in blood pressure. It can cause a change in weakness, mood swings, um, which can show us anxiety, depression, irritability, um, increased thirst, muscle weakness, 
Um, people can bruise more as well. Like there's this one's big, but the main thing that I see a lot of the time is the the key thing is water retention. So it will have a knock on effect to uh, how your body handles certain things. Um, so it can be like liver and kidney can be become quite toxic from just from stress, um, and it can increase uh, toxicity. It can impair detoxification. It can impair hormone function, which means your body will naturally hold on to water to support your organs. So sometimes you see this on Instagram all the time and, and over and over again, you'll see it where people are, I'm not, not fat, I'm stressed. Well, yeah, maybe both, but actually if your weight is going up and down, sometimes one of the things that we'll do is rather than getting a client to do more training or cardio, we might tell them that they need to have a rest day or relax or go to a spa day because they need to reduce that stress in their body in order to improve their uh, organ function which will then reduce that water and all of a sudden they come back relaxed and they've lost three pounds and they're like what on earth you're a magician and i'm like no i just understand courses of um this, this is the the more lifestyle hormone that i think especially in our day and age right. like ev- everyone's so wired and stressed this is elevated so much from for a lot of people like a lot of people are uh, very stressed they've not got very good rest and heart rate and stuff like that because of cortisol being increased but the thing is you'll find with all these hormones is they're all then interlinked. So like Travis said about water, so cortisol will then stop the antidiuretic hormone being produced, which obviously, um, like he was saying, um, the antidiuretic hormone promotes the um, reabsorption of water through the kidneys. So if your hormone, if cortisol is suppressing antidiuretic hormone, then obviously you're not having as much water retained in the body, which then will have a knock on effect with cognitive response, because we know that when we're dehydrated, um, our body is not going to be performing as well. So all of these hormones start interlinking with each other. And that's why with the healthy six, when Travis and I talk about it, all of the other factors we talk about, nutrition, training, are all interlinked as well. Um, and one of the biggest things we spoke about, which was on the last podcast, was sleep. Now, this is something that most people don't do or don't sleep very well, um, which then obviously you're not recovering. Your body is then more stressed cortisol then it's going to be elevated so one of the bigger hormones to consider um, especially if you're a really stressed person and always on the go and feeling like you you're quite rushed with everything is you might just want to have a look at your lifestyle factors what are you doing just to relax um, and recover hmm. yeah and obviously we need to make sure that, that there is an element so if you don't have enough then you might you might realize that by not or struggling to wake up and stuff like that as well so um yeah i mean these things are all happening so then and i'll keep preaching that sometimes it's it's only about understanding that because you know if you are finding yourself extra stress and cortisol you know maybe you are holding water maybe you feel yourself getting a little bit fluffy and like soft in the belly but you're not eating any different like these these things will have a play. So just be mindful. And obviously if you're one of our clients listening and you're, you're concerned and you can come and you can come on the phone and tell us that you're doing a hundred percent of the things we ask 80% of the time and you're not progressing, then maybe these things are at play, but make sure you can look me dead in the eye and tell me that before you come and tell me that you're just stressed and you need a day off. Cause if you're not doing the things that we said, then obviously that comes to play. But sometimes, like I said about these other programs is they don't consider that. Um, and we are all built slightly different. Now, another one we're going to talk about, um, Kyle touched on earlier, so I'm going to let him lead with it, is insulin. Now, insulin will have a big play on on food in general and how we process food. So I'll let him lead and then I'll pick up. 
Yeah, so insulin is basically your body's regulator of blood sugar. Um, and in a very carb-driven environment world that we have now, um, insulin's getting fired up quite a lot. So insulin is released in the pancreas in response to elevated blood sugar levels. Um, and the way I like to describe the pancreas, especially with insulin, is imagine it like a battery that's draining and it never gets restored, essentially, with the, the pancreas. Um, once you start depleting it and you, you, you're building that insulin resistance, you've got an uphill battle to try and bring it back. Now, I'm not saying it's, it, it's never going to happen. There's things you can do to, to get better with it. But you want to prevent that from happening now. Uh, do everything you can do to prevent it rather than having to sort it out when, when things start going pear-shaped. So insulin is basically um, the body's ability to downregulate blood sugar levels in the body. Um, you can create insulin resistance, like I said, through the body um, blocking that, that response from the pancreas. Um, and the body then doesn't deal with blood sugar levels very well, typically seen in, in diabetes. Um, but the thing is with insulin, there are things we can do, like with majority of the others, that help reduce the impact of it and help actually that sensitivity. Um, sorry, in, insulin resistance. You also have insulin sensitivity, which is the opposite of that. So this is things that things like exercise. Um, and glycemic index looking into the glycemic index of carbohydrates improving sleep habits can help with uh, monitoring insulin sensitivity so insulin you've got insulin resistance and also you've got insulin sensitivity which is your body um, basically being sensitive to to insulin in a roundabout way travis has got more on this i just really need to go to the toilet i'm really sorry i'm going to be two seconds i'll let you take mate i'm bursting i've had that whole liter in a couple of seconds (laughs) okay all right. Uh, anyway, I should put a countdown timer on this. We've got 30 seconds, elevator pitch. Glycemic index um, that Carl spoke about. This is really important. I preach it all the time to my clients, particularly to check it out. Now, anyone that's ever known anyone with diabetes or cooked for anyone with diabetes, then we know what the glycemic index is. But for those that don't, basically won't. So glycemic index is registered basically for all carbohydrates. Um, you have low GI, medium GI and high GI foods. Um, and basically the higher the number, the more of a knock on effect it's going to have, um, kind of to your, uh, blood sugar. So it's basically relates to the speed in which your blood sugar elevates. So high GI foods would be like chips, uh, energy drinks, uh, white rice is quite high. Um, you've got things such as cocoa pops, a high GI instant porridge, puffed wheat, um, bagels, baguettes, brown rice is quite high as well, believe it or not. Um, and then you've got low ones, which would be like macaroni, brown rice, but steam in it. That can have a change. Noodles, um, rye bread, porridge, normal, like that's not instant. Stuff like that is low GI. So that will have a knock on effect. So I was talking to a client about this yesterday, and this will give you a really good example for it. Um, she One of her challenges is to eat more fruit and veg. Um, and basically, she decided what she was going to do in order to get her fruit in. She was going to have her fruit before breakfast. And she was particularly hungry for the rest of the day. Now, what had happened is she'd eaten her fruit, which are a carbohydrate and have sugar. And it was quite high GI. Um, and basically, that elevated her blood sugar levels. So what happens is her insulin then drops. So her pancreas secretes a lot of insulin, drops, and her blood sugar comes down. But it comes down a little bit too low because she had quite a lot of fruit in one go. There was an overdose of, of insulin. And all it did is make her need more blood sugar. So her blood sugar levels dropped so low, she was more hungry and she needed more food. So then she was like, well, I was hungry all day. So we just need to be mindful that some of these foods will have a knock-on effect to your insulin. 
Um, and actually for most people, if you're the type of person that maybe doesn't have uh, breakfast and then just eats like, I don't know, a s and then they're starving by lunchtime and they have a snack at two o'clock and they're starving by four o'clock and then they go home for dinner, potentially, rather than worrying too much about eating that much, have a look at what you're eating. Because if you're looking at foods that are particularly high on the glycemic index, then you're creating an insulin um, response and a blood sugar response that is basically creating a negative habit loop for you to, to need more food. Um, so that's a big one in terms of the insulin. Um, and then obviously for some people, their insulin resistance is probably more important to talk about, in my opinion. Carl might come across the screen now, he's back from weighing. Um, where actually some people do struggle to digest it and break it down. And that can be really important. So how we deal with that, like say for some people with PCOS is potentially reducing carbohydrate um, and not removing carbohydrate, but reducing carbohydrate and making sure that the people that do have it are having it through a lower GI food. And that's something that um, I've been speaking about with my client with PCOS. So that's kind of the main thing because insulin, it can be difficult, but in terms of that blood sugar insulin relationship that would be one thing that you can control particularly well in terms of controlling it for yourself um because it can actually be released in times of like stress and adrenaline can have a play as well but in terms of what you can do and how it affects you that would be something that i would i would recommend you think about you've got more here carl i can sit in your face there's stuff in your face no so i'll just quickly research them right i remember at university we did so talking about blood sugar levels and uh, depletion of it right you've got carbohydrate drinks and stuff like that lucasade and lucasade did a, a post saying as the, their marketing strategy uh, it fuels you for longer or something like that and basically I, I, I can't remember fully i'm just gonna put it out there this is what i took from it was that they they got not sued but they got done by uh, marketing and basically to take it down because what happened is Post, uh, post 15 minutes of that gly uh, glycogen being uptake in the body and the sugar, blood sugar levels being spiked, it depleted blood sugar levels down. So it actually did the opposite effect. So 15 minutes post-exercise into the bowel, it was had a negative effect on performance. I'm just trying to look at it now. Um, there's a old researcher, Jukandrup, uh, his name was. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll dig that out because I'm pretty sure I, I had about science this, but but it just had me thinking then when you were talking about it. You see your face. It's like this guy's, uh, he's hooked. He's, he's learning. He's geeking. Um, but it's good. Um, so, guys, as well, that's another thing. So, if you know anyone diabetic, um, talk to them about GI, glycemic index, insulin. They will know a lot more, particularly type 1 diabetics that have had it forever. Um, and, yeah, in terms of insulin resistance, anyone with PCOS, have a look at that sort of stuff as well. Um, and then I think the it's other thing... Yeah, it's I about balance. Like in our world of like Westernized civilization is all carb driven now, isn't it? It's essentially what, yeah. what we do. Everything, everything's got carbs in it. Like to the point where that's why the the big influx of over the last three years, like everyone's talking protein, and now companies have got into talking protein and used it as marketing. That's where that all come from. It's because people were everything was carb driven. Not many people were having much protein, and now all of a sudden that's been promoted more and people are doing a lot better for it. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you say, it's just about having just some control and, and understanding really, isn't it? Like it doesn't need to be, uh, 
it, it just doesn't need to be constant. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. But some people, you know, some people do need to be paying more attention to it than others. And, and that is okay. That's not the end of the world. You just need to be more sensible with it. So that's kind of kind of the take that I wanted people to get on it, particularly of insulin, because some people, yeah, I know we don't want to cut carbs and that's, and I make jokes about it all the time. It's not about cutting carbs and it never will be. But for some people, if you struggle with insulin and stuff like that, like then yeah, in the modernized world, yes, you are going to struggle a little bit. And yes, meals out might be a little bit difficult, but a little bit of education goes an awful yeah. long way. Yeah, Ma- massively. Um, so that's key. Uh, and then I think kind of the main one, the last one that we were going to talk about, we spoke about was, kind of testosterone because we didn't want to dive in too much because obviously you've got a world of hormones around the sexual uh, system and we've uh, done that haven't we? in the reproductive system. so i spoke about it with them on the menstrual cycle so there's a lot in there on like estrogen progesterone and all of those things and also how the pills but actually testosterone is a big one and and this is always a really good one in terms of women um that maybe say when they start pt or they're looking to pt they don't want to get too bulky um and I think that can be quite a, an important one, but also obviously we talk about testosterone and a lot of people go straight to steroids. They'll, they'll think of it as a steroid um, because people do use it for that, um, which is obviously each their own. I don't know. I'm, how do you feel about that? I'm not a basher of it as long as people are honest. I've never done it. I think if I'm, if I'm 40, 50 and I've had kids um, and I get, so I'm a, I'm going to start this year. I've been trying to find a decent place to start doing regular blood checks um, just as a health MOC. Um, if I start seeing a decline in my natural testosterone stores, there's a big talk in the, uh, at the minute. It's spoken about quite openly as well, actually, about um, I think the NHS are now cutting on to introducing more testosterone for, for blokes that are struggling in their 40s to 50s um, with real over uh, fatigue and stuff like that. Um, because it is a big player like in libido and stuff like that and and overall muscle strength uh muscle gain and muscle strength um so yeah i don't know it's one testosterone is one of the ones i i'm not too fussed about because it is a naturally producing thing as well um but starting into steroids and then yeah you as long as people are like you said as long as people are open and honest about what they're on i, I don't really mind and not yeah. selling it as a false thing misleading yeah it's interesting but it's in, it's interesting that you went straight to that that uh more respectable usage i guess um but testosterone well, if we look at if we look at conor ben then like the boxing uh, accident, that's like, in my opinion from a sports science point of view and and i did a lot of anti-doping at university like from our field uh, you want to keep it as clean as possible. So from a sportsman's point of view, you lose a lot of respect when people start doping, um, especially once you've got the effect, the effect and performance enhancement from doping, you, you're going to be a significant advantage, advantage compared to someone like you and I who mm-hmm. haven't doped. So yeah, if we go down that rabbit hole, you'll get me onto a whole, a whole rant. Yeah. I mean, there's, di- yeah, there's different places and needs and, and, and wants as well is probably an important thing. But testosterone is going to be a huge player in the way people um, sort of build muscle, particularly for ladies as well. And and obviously it has testosterone has a massive effect on um, like puberty and stuff like that. But we're talking about it purely from a a physical standpoint. But, you know, like you said, Carl said, if you're training men or whatever, there is, um, you know, you can have a loss of sex drive and function. 
delayed that you know osteoporosis you can have it can be more difficult for you to build muscle and it it, it's that's a key point there is about how we always say about women that you know i don't want to get too bulky well good luck like good good luck trying because women will produce less testosterone naturally most women will produce less testosterone naturally than men um and that will have a knock-on effect to to how people grow um some people like you can kind of spot it most men you wouldn't realize i don't think but you can you can spot it in terms of um hair facial hair uh armpit hair body hair and and like say you know those people that walk into the gym and they pick up a weight and they're just massive and you're just like yeah what like but that has a play and that's a really important thing so we often always talk about fat loss but in terms of building muscle there are other things at stake here too right yeah massively massively and I, the reason I spoke about it at the minute, it's a t- testosterone is a, a big player, right? In, in building muscle tissue. Um, and like Travis and I was saying, everyone's got different levels. Like all of these hormones, we're all differently and have different amounts and components. Um, so like Travis might have more testosterone than me and might have more ability to build more muscle than I have, but I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm just going to understand what I can do and my requirements um, and if you do worry about this sort of stuff, if you are a bloke or a female worried about it, do look at getting some blood tests done, go and pay for your own blood tests and then compare them year on year. Um, and you can see obviously the, the, the change in your health markers and things like that. That's one way to do it. Now, I think I've, I can't remember the stats. I think be, between uh, a, some like age around 30 to 45 or something, uh, the average male loses around two percent of his testosterone stores a year or something like that or less than two percent and that's what the stats are Um, and if you start feeling these effects in terms of you might feel extreme fatigue um low decrease in libido um, sex drive um and a bit of loss in in muscle tissue then like going and getting your testosterone checked out and just getting a blood test would be advisable um because your doctors can then look into that sort of stuff so that's just one thing i wanted to get across because like there's a big movement on menopause at the minute um i don't think there's as much out there for for the not the male equivalent but men going through these sort of things as well because there are changes that happen to the body throughout life um and i think there needs to be more awareness for them and, and obviously the effects that we need to look at and the strategies we need to put in place to overcome them. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think the point of today was all about getting into the mindset of people of going, there is stuff going on in the background that is happening and it will happen and controlling it is going to be really, really important for you to be progressive and be happy. Like. Yeah. And there's more than just eating 1,500 calories every day for the rest of your life. What? Nah, nah, nah. That's all you're allowed. Um, so, no, obviously messing. But there is lots to it. There's lots going on in the background. So if you think you're doing everything that you should, um, then talk to us about maybe if that's a thing for you. Maybe one of these things are maybe slightly wrong or we can look. Um And then kind of as well, if you think you're, if you're struggling to do all the things that we speak about, then maybe it's time to get a strategy in place. Now, first things first, Saturday, the 5th of November, remember, remember, fireworks night and that. Uh, Kyle and I are hosting another live seminar. Um, This is going to be split into two sections. So we're going to have fat loss seminar back at nine till 10. Um, And then we're going to have a little 15 minute gap before we get on the gym floor, 10, 15 to maybe 12, 30, which will run a little bit different. 
and we've got a proper a proper projector this time we're gonna be able to <laughs> so that is gonna be mad so we are leveling up real quick um so that is completely free so if you're listening all we have to do is get a form filled out and that's only health and safety we want nothing in return other than full effort on the day you can turn up to the fat loss seminar and or the exercise sexual uh, section hello Sexual, yeah. Sexual, that's all these hormones, mate. I need to go home. Um, so there's we kind of split it into two sections because some of the feedback we got was that maybe it was a little bit too long where everyone had to come for both. So we've now split it. We will be changing up the fat loss seminar section, section so that it's slightly different from the first one. So people that came on the first one can still benefit and learn or maybe come back with more questions. Um, so yeah, that's free. We just need a form just for your health and safety, a par queue. Um, bring a friend, bring a family. We've got more space um, and we just want to have some fun with it. Um, and then, yeah, out for fireworks night, hopefully. So um, then there'll be some more news coming shortly. So get yourself booked on. We're going to put the links out to join the form um, very shortly. Um, so that'll be today, I believe. And then um, we can go from there. Yeah, most importantly, if you listen to the end of this and thought like we, we opened some questions for yourself, speak to your health professional or your coach um, and understand that this is about your strategy, understand your body, understand your results, your markers, everything about you, because that's the best thing you can do. And then you can limit the effect of these things, or you can see where they're happening. You can see where you fit feeling more lethargic or your, your hunger's through the roof um, and things like that. So like I said, this is about awareness and education. Um, now it's your job to action them. So I'll let Travis go because he's had a really long weekend. Um, oh, it's Wednesday, mate. Oh, Jesus. It's Wednesday. It is on Wednesday. So my long weekend is well and truly over. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll allow it. So You've got sex on the mind, so you probably need to go. I mean, well, it's not ideal because there's definitely clients left to do. So home, home for half past eight, mate, by the time I get there. But, Good man. Uh, all, all in a day's work and that. Um, but no, cool. Right, guys, it's been a blast. Um, it's been very hormonal um, so hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully you picked up and realised that actually it's not all that it seems and it isn't just about um, it isn't just what's on, on on the surface there's more to it so obviously any questions like Carl said ask the doctors, ask, speak to professionals speak to us if we think there's anything then we will let you know um, and you can do it but um, yeah hopefully we'll see you on the seminar and um, we'll be back next week See you later, Travis. Hey, mate. See you guys.